You're listening to Kurakas, a podcast for artists and creatives to get advice on the business of the arts from renowned Zimbabwean experts in their respective fields. Funded through the Scripts and Bars project by K-Media Africa, supported by the British Council in partnership with Swiss Agency for Development and Cooperation, SDC, hosted by the Kura Agency team. In this episode, we talk to founder of Three Men on a Boat, QueryCast, and multiple other creative projects, Larry Quirirai. Now, Larry also helps to link corporates to relevant influencers and content creators for their campaigns. And that's why we brought him on to talk about what agencies and corporates look for in influencers. He talks about corporate expectations, some of the things that you're doing online that are repelling them and how you can better position yourself for influencer work. Okay, here we go. We're talking to Larry Quirirai. Hi, so uh, first of all, congratulations on the podcast. I'm always excited when people do podcasts. I've been doing podcasts since 2015, probably, where my first podcast being the Quiricast. And um, I've gotten a couple of other podcasts that happen. I think I've got a total of seven podcasts now running. Uh, ranging from um, radio dramas to uh, in podcast format to long form interviews to short form interviews to uh, targeted content such as uh, what you call it um, the work we do with the DSTV pod we've got a bi-weekly uh, podcast we do with them and also another podcast we do um, for cricket I mean we've got a cricket podcast uh, which has exploded really it's got uh, thousands of listeners every episode and so very excited about that uh, and I, 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 besides the podcast face, many people know me from uh, 3mob.com, which is started 14 years ago. Uh, three gents just chilling out, you know, and uh, eventually it turned into a website. Guys used to hang out. Funny story is the flat I'm staying in now, uh, 10 years or so, well, 12, 14 years, <laughs> no, 13 years afterwards, uh, moved back into a flat next to it, so I'm actually at almost the next. I'm pretty much next door where three men on a boat started, and then uh, yeah, I've also done work with uh, you know corporates. A lot of the time, I've done, really haven't worked for corporates, but I've worked as a consultant for them, and that has resulted in not only myself doing influencer work, but also facilitating influencer work for influencers and I'm, I'm excited that there is a growing space for influence influences in the country i don't think we are where we want to be yet um uh, for reasons that we're going to talk about a little bit later and also some people are me from the board broadcast space so yeah there's some news also coming in other broadcast spaces but i can't announce that uh, yet because it hasn't been released it's not for me to release <laughs> but yeah um the, the, in a nutshell uh, my fundamental thing, by the way, is I'm a writer. I haven't said all of that. So whenever I get introduced, uh, uh, someone asks me to introduce myself to anyone, I say I'm a writer. And that story goes back to what Oliver Mtukuzi said to me. If you ever put anything else but but uh, call yourself a writer on your passport, I'm going to disown you. And so did my mother. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was like, my mom and Oliver Mtukuzi all both disowning me. Oh, end of the world. Well, if that's the basis, 
I suppose it works because the creativity has to come from somewhere. Yeah, I mean, like, I think the the concept of all of this, I mean, we always talk about how the internet is large. It was about at some point 1% of the internet was from Africa. So um, this is an important thing for me because um, the, the majority of the content that is out there, even the way we see ourselves, was being told from an, from a from a Western perspective. It was just being... It was a case of foreigners telling us what we should think about ourselves. And I think uh, podcasting and influencer marketing, and certainly doing influencer marketing the way we want to say it to our to our people is, is fundamental. And and I'll talk about that in a little bit when we go we delve into um, the, the weaknesses and so forth and, and the strengths. I I mean everybody focuses. I know, and this is the thing that irritates me a lot when people say, the problem with Zimbabweans is, and I'm like, yeah, but you're also Zimbabwean, chill. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And you also have an agency that does, that pretty much does the in-between between these corporates and and influencers. Um, tell me about that. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, what we did for a while is we got, and we got 2015, very important year. <laughs> Um, that goes back to my, my go, having to call myself a writer. That was when I was renewing my passport at some point. We decided that we were not going to just facilitate for ourselves to be active within the market and so forth like that. We wanted to see how we could enable other people to do it. So uh, there is, we have an agency called Curiosa Media. And what it does is that not only does it facilitate for us, we also have facilitated for other influencers to do work for brands and so you know also it, it, it helps us to sort of allow uh, the publishing company that is three men on a boat to focus a lot on publishing its content for its own sake and not worry about competing with other publishers so that way I mean it it also but because then what happens is that Curissa then um is its own business unit and as a business unit its focus is making money even if the money is not going directly to three men on a boat or three mob.com or any of the podcasts that's not important it's also to facilitate and we see ourselves as a private um uh you know private uh sector player so i know a lot of people have conversations around oh this this and that and you know, how there's some bigger idea around, um, you know, what, we were, what we're trying to do. We're just also just a business trying to um, make sure that this makes dollars and cents, not just um, for ourselves, but also for the clients we engage. Because it, it, it would be a pity if, you know, they're not getting paid. Yeah. So what, what makes, like, corporates trust you guys to actually get to find the influencers that are needed for their campaigns? I don't know. Maybe we're just likable. I don't know. I never really (laughs) think about that. I think one of the key things, and, and, uh, you know, it might sound like a joke, but one of the the key things that we find sometimes recommending um, an influencer who is new and trying to recommend them for a second job is how difficult they were to work with and how they were just, you know, iffies and so forth. I'm not saying that you shouldn't raise concerns and you have concerns, but 
they said sometimes they things you can figure out on your own and then sometimes i mean um the, we've taken financial hits for 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 um for people that do work for us and we it's about the, the flexibility to maintain a relationship so that next time that so that person calls you again you're able to do it over and over again i am I I I think also because with a lot of these guys we got into a space where we did a lot of free work, and they could see that uh, we had created a, a a a what you call it a a system in which we were reliable for producing, if not con not just content but also producing product for them. So, and also producing the influencers for them and stuff like that. So. I think that's that's a key aspect. It's a fundamental aspect because what it does is it pushes you to a space where you have to uh, now always work not on the promise of the future, not the promise of the of the past. Because what you've done is already done. But if you mess up in your next gig, all the trust that was there before will just disappear. So you know, if if you say you're going to do something, just do it. Um, and if there's if there are any drawbacks or if there's any issues that make you know whatever the case may be something comes up and you can't uh, do it on time always inform them always make sure and always keep everybody try as much as possible to keep everybody in the loop and um you know you, you need to view yourself and i always also give these the the the, the consultants we work with that view, view yourself as an extension of the marketing agency um, of the marketing department, right? Sorry, of the of the company you're doing brand work for because um, you're just propping up their image, and that's what that's what's important. And you are ex essentially their marketing arm, and uh, that is such a critical uh, aspect of it. Yeah, and um, with the advent of the internet, we know that. Well, it's not particularly too evident, but this whole concept of having influences is pretty young. What people are more used to is probably having brand ambassadors, but we tend to use these two synonymously now. So let's dive a little bit into it. What's an influencer? What's a brand ambassador? And how different are these people? So a brand ambassador is somebody who uses the product and usually on a long term, a year, three years. So they're, they, you know, they're sitting on a contract. So you find certain artists that you come across will be brand ambassadors for certain brands, uh, some technology brands. Uh, at that there's a property brand associated with a very specific artist. Um, so they will be long term. They use the product. They um, they endorse the product and, st and stuff like that, and they get paid for it. An influencer comes in for a targeted campaign. So let's say there is a sporting event that is coming, or there is the launch of a TV show or a TV station, whatever the case may be. They get uh, they get hired for that specific campaign, and they uh, carry out the ambit of what is supposed to be in that in that campaign, what they're supposed to say. What, they, what they're supposed to do and so forth. There are similarities in the fact that ideally what you want to do if you're a TV station, say you are a, um, a, a streaming platform or a TV 
or uh, you know I want to talk about something that 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 people would normally pay for because I could just use one of the terrestrial channels, but that'll be a less a less you know specific example. So say say a streaming platform or a one of the pay TV uh, platforms comes and says, we want you to promote this coming season of XYZ that's coming. So what you're going to do is, um, this is the the playbook. So the playbook comes in. Uh, Week one, this is what you're going to do. Week two, this is what you're going to do. Week three, week four, and whatnot. And then on the launch date, this is what we're going to do. And that, that's what happens. And then a few days afterwards, and we close off the campaign, maybe a week afterwards. Sometimes I mean, you might even make it layover to, uh, to two weeks. Same thing if it might, sometimes it might even be a TV channel. It might be an event. We've got a event that is a public event where we're launching, you know, a type of soap. So let's call you in. But what happens in because the influence is not necessarily the greatest at researching, we found, in our market, we've always encouraged the um, the brands involved to give experience on their product away for free uh, to the influencers, so that the influencers influencers can actually uh, understand uh, the product, and so that comes in as an, an extra perk on top of it. Um, so, and this what we want to see is continuous experience. Um, Sometimes, a lot of the times, the influence work we've seen in this market tends to last for like a month. Um, at most, three months, but generally a month. And so you get in, get done, and you get out. So th- that that's the difference between the two. So as a corporate, what do I want to gun for? What gives me better value? Getting a brand ambassador or just working project by project with influencers? Yeah, I mean, that's a difficult one because um, a brand ambassador is tying down someone to a much longer term contract and you're opening yourself up to the possibility that uh, they're going to say something or do something that um, might bring your brand into, into disrepute. So you got to know, but at the same time, I think it's the objectives that you want to achieve. If you want to work on brand recognition and brand visibility, I would go 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 with a brand ambassador and a couple of influencers. The influencers start at the beginning, maybe have them in for three months, and then have a brand ambassador for like a month, I mean, uh, uh, a year, I beg your pardon, so that, you know, you get time in which people get to know and associate your brand with somebody, uh, especially somebody who's prominent. And what it does for you is that you get a lot more visibility. If you need something that just needs... Uh, a lightning blitzkrieg effect where you just want people to find out about a specific product we're launching it it's a new beverage or whatever the case may be you want to go with influences and then just you know let it explode onto the market um brand ambassadors tend to be more taxing uh because you always have to sometimes produce content for them um i know uh, I, I, we like to think that the, a lot of these guys are continuously producing content uh, for brands, but you find if you're working from the agency aspect, you often have to chase uh, sometimes the, the 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 corporate so that they can approve the content, and you're trying to get to a you know to catch a deadline because something's happening, 
that is um, in real time. And then you go to, you also want to get the, 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 the creative to give you their input into what works for their specific brand. And, and what I want to say to, um, to corporates is don't try and go for somebody who you're going to have to change their personality online. Uh, because the reason they've got such a following is because of their personality and their choices and so forth. So if you go in and you say, look, we want to get this person who is always talks about football, but want them to come and talk about salt. Um, it might not work out. Uh, you want them to talk about meat. Maybe what you want to, if you're tying it up with a, with, with, with a braai event or whatever the case may be, sure. But uh, ultimately... What you want to do is be careful because if you don't, if people people don't go onto social media to get sold to, unless it's Instagram. Instagram is becoming one big supermarket now. But if you people don't go onto Twitter because they're looking for somebody to sell them something, or Facebook, Facebook is going to marketplace. So that it now decongests your 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 feed because now you can go and see pictures of babies and so forth because that's what you want to see. Or updates on a friend who you went to high school with who's, you know, given birth to a bunch of babies. And you're like, whoa, interesting. But, you know, ultimately what you don't want to do is now have that person, X, uh, talking about something that looks so out of the ordinary ordinary for them. People are like, okay, what's happened? <laughs> and while they are uh, in other countries, specifics on the fact that uh, if you are being paid for a post, you should hashtag it with ad or sponsored. In Zimbabwe, that has not yet come in. So, given that that loophole exists, you can create the content, create the content in such a way that people don't necessarily spot the the. the it's not too obvious that you paid you've been paid for it, or if you've been paid for it, the, you can get away with it because they believe you're that sort of person who would use that kind of product. So if if I've been tweeting and saying that ah I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not drinking wine anymore, then suddenly I suddenly tweet myself holding a a bottle of wine, then it just looks strange. Unless of course I've just said I'm starting a wine farm, then that's a story for another day. But you carry on. But with, well, I suppose with our local landscape, there's a lot of our brand ambassadors who then get attached to a lot of brands so already we can't say that they have a particular identity because you look at one billboard they're on a billboard for cooking oil then two meters down the ground down the road they're on a billboard again for cars then down the road they're on a billboard um, for soap you know um, you have brand ambassadors like that in the country what's the what's the dangers one to me the brand ambassador who's involved with all of these and to to the corporates that keep jumping onto them well i mean the, the danger of course is that if you spread too thin then what you can uh, demand becomes less um so essentially if if um of course i mean the other way of doing it is you go to one brand and say look i'm giving you rights to my images and so forth but they've got to pay you the money that is 
with uh, you giving up your rights and images for a specific period of time exclusively. So, um, I, I look, for the individual, as I said, it could devalue how much you can ask for from the market, but I think you should be careful about how many, how different the products are from each other. So, or, or how they could fit into a lifestyle. Uh, it's, it's a difficult one because, I mean, if you really look at it, I was looking at um, Serena Williams' uh, different endorsements from, she's got, uh, I think she's got some like 15, 20 endorsements and so forth uh, from, uh, you know, some really, uh, just trying to find it here. I saved it on my phone. Yes, yeah, so uh, I don't like mentioning brands, but I just mentioned them here. It's got from IBM, in, uh, uh, Intel, Nike, Pepsi, Delta Airlines, Wilson, Gatorade, Chase Bank, Upper Deck, Odomez uh, PK, as well as Beats by Dre. Now, I'll look at those off the off the bat. You'll find that some of those are probably uh, endorsements on the basis of using their products. So probably she fly, flies, you know, using she was used to fly or flies now probably now she's a private jet, but you know, using the airline uh, would be the face of uh, a certain bank. She'd use certain brand. She always wears Nike and so forth. And you've seen her before matches. She's wearing Beats by Dre, so. Some of those are utilitary kind of endorsements. So I always talk about those from the perspective of product placement. One of the, one of the biggest examples of product placement, if you just give me an, a, a moment to give an example. Uh, in cricket, um, there's a thing called the Big Bash and also the IPL. What they have is that the things that's at the beginning of a match, there's a coin toss. The coin toss is going to happen. But somebody could come in and say, I'd like to sponsor the coin toss. The coin toss is uh, sponsored by the salt company or by the water company, whatever the case may be. Or, and, if and then there's replays. If the, a replay, the replay is always going to be on. Um, the, the, the replay is brought to you. Uh, uh, let's check it out on the picture frame replay. Yeah. Um, so that could be a way in which you can get endorsements for different types of things where you're sort of like seen as uh, a, a sort of like um, a, any, any, any um, proposal could work for you that also reduces your negotiation capacity for, for getting what you want. Of course, most, most of these um, places that you do uh, deals with will say to you, look, if you're going to do something with within the with a bank, you can't do something with another bank during the period in which it happens, which only makes sense. It's just like me working for two radio stations, which wouldn't make sense. But um, so for that sort of exclusive, um, you know, proposal. But I mean, that's something you can negotiate with and say, look, if you're going to tie me down to one brand and one product and one service, then. It's got to be worth my while, so it gives you an opportunity to negotiate. For the brands, uh, as I, it also works the same way. If you allow someone to work with multiple brands and they're all over the TV, all over, it's sort of like people you get lost in the noise because you just be like one of the one of the twenty brands that is on their social media platforms, and 
I've seen it on some of these um, guys who do social media. Uh, you know, they, they're doing, they're working towards the influencers or they're doing some influencer work that you find that their own personal posts tend to have a lot of likes. But when there's a post that you can see is an advert or is a skit or something like that for a brand, it gets less engagement. And you find that they've got one for refrigerator company, car company, whatever the case may be. And yeah, it's difficult because it, it kind of goes back to when we used to, where influencers used to see themselves as, cha as channels. And if you look at the way we watch TV, we tend to stand up and go to the, to, to the bathroom during, during an ad break. And so you got to see human beings that way, that if you find clever ways of, of uh, driving engagement, then use them. So for both sides, there are those dangers. But I, in an economy, I mean, it's not just limited to Zimbabwe. I mean, I gave you an example of, of um, what's her name, um, Serena Williams. You can, Lionel Messi, there's an alcohol company, there's a, there's a chip manufacturer chips company then I think there's a there's a phone company as well so he's got a couple of people that endorse him and he becomes an influencer for so it just depends I, but it, like I said I mean there's a, there's a prominent artist in this country's got multiple endorsements but you can see that it gets dilute it get lost in the noise somehow because you you, you just kind of like okay what is he gonna talk about this time yeah um, so we figured out that ultimately celebrities can become brand ambassadors because with the brands you're trying to hitch on their images, their rights, um, their um, their reputation. But can celebrities become proper influencers? I think celebrities are by by default influencers because the the if you go historically, that's what we used to see on adverts. It was celebrities in our adverts. Um, from uh, Timina Bonzo with that uh, soap advert that they used to do and so forth. So uh, Oliver Mtukudzi with that cooking oil advert that he used to do. So I, I do think that they are by default the... Uh, influences what they influence is just down to how they position themselves and um and th that's where i think the difficulty comes in because now some people are now becoming influences without necessarily having become a celebrity first so they come uh, they become online sensations and because their 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 nascent point is the online space it's difficult to compete with them and say, okay, also offline he does that. So they become a big um, demystification of the celebrity status. You can see it uh, in that the because the local, the, what you call it, the, 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 the what you call it, the, the, the non-celebrity person who becomes a a, 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 a a person who talks about their about their life tends to open more about their issues and come from a more, I don't like to use the, that word because even within people hiding parts of themselves, it's still genuine, but coming from a more 
more accessible space. You know, it's not necessarily relatable. I think we can you can relate to to celebrities, but not from an accessible space because you don't really live their lives. But you can relate to somebody who is suffer from grief because you also suffer grief. But I'm talking about from a more accessible space because they're just like you, they're broke like you, whatever the case may be, and they go in through they lost their job and whatnot, and finally their victory comes. So you almost go through their you know their journey from where they came from to success. Um, so it becomes easier for them, the sensations that are offline, to become, you know, to move into influencer space uh, in a more natural way. Whereas I could go and just say, Alec Macheso, uh, can you do this work for me? Uh, because he's already a big celebrity and he just posts and he does a little couple of videos. It's going to have reach. But think as a brand, you ask yourself, is that your audience? So you're going to have to break down your audience. What exactly is the age of your audience? What do they consume? And also, is it a mass market product? Because you you don't want to be going to someone who has roughly a thousand followers. And yes, they might have great uh, engagement and they're micro influencer. And those are great for, for some products that you want to push. And if you want to drive things like engagement. But if you just want people to know about a product, you might want to go to a bigger account and get the bigger account to to push things out there. But having say that, it also you know segues nicely into where I believe that a lot of people um, have to be careful about what they generally post if they want to become influencers. And that's I think that's what I'll talk about some of the pitfalls and how you can get around them. Yeah, that's actually what I wanted us to like get to because. Um, these internet sensations, non-celebrities, um, social media influencers, like what about them makes them good social media influencers to the point that a corporate would want to then engage with you? So basically what, what makes you a good social media influencer ripe and ready for a corporate to want to work with you? I mean, the easy ones are engagement, you've got numbers and so forth. So those are obvious. So I'm not really going to talk about that because clearly, I mean, yeah. Um, but what I, what everybody doesn't look at, at is their content. And if your content is, is controversial generally, as a matter of fact, then what happens is that brands don't like controversial content. So then people will decide that they don't want to do work with you because you're controversial. And uh, the, but I want to, I want to, I want to work my way into that because controversy sometimes doesn't mean it's bad. There's some good controversy that's out there, drives engagement, gets people talking. But if you, if you swear a lot, that, that, that just kind of, you know, um, makes it difficult for brands to want to work with. If you're misogynistic, if you're uh, pushing, you know, a hate language, politics is another one that they don't want to touch because, uh, you know, I mean, it's not just in Zimbabwe, across a lot of places across the world. I mean, there are brands in other countries. I mean, people tell me about brands like Nike who get, jump onto uh things like black lives matter but you must realize that they jumped on the platforms like black lives matter when it started becoming safe to do it 
when Colin Kaepernick was doing it on his own, they wouldn't touch him for the longest. And most teams wouldn't touch him for the longest. And lost quite a bit of endorsement because brands don't like politics. Uh, and that's the thing that also sometimes uh, you need to understand about brands is that they they want something that won't alienate a side. And by the time that they were jumping onto some of these causes, they had a, enough of people uh, who believed in the cause to be able to make it make sense. Because the last thing, as I said, as a brand wants to do is to result in a situation where half the situation where half the population doesn't use their product because someone is specifically associated with a certain political movement, political party, political ideology, and so forth. And there might be people who take risks with that. Small, small, small um, companies take risks with that. But if you want to go for you know medium sized to large companies they trend to avoid and not touch the kind of space with, with the 10 foot pole also the you know don't post things like porn or you know things like that try, t try and keep your your social media clean engaged uh being able you know have fun with it um and th that's the thing people want somebody who looks like they're having fun or, and they're producing a very specific personality on social media. If someone says, oh, I can just be me. No, I think there are parts of you you can leave offline. So when I when I talk about this, like um, don't use certain language. It's not to say that when you're living, chilling with your friends, you don't swear and, and, and tell all sorts of crazy jokes with them. Just for the social media, aspect you want to keep that out of the uh, the social media space because uh, brands don't want to associate with something that is will come across to certain groups as toxic and even like your internal jokes you might have friends of yours on social media in which you have internal jokes and then if you are going to have to explain yourself uh, sometimes at the time you, you, you explain yourself the the, the the horse is bolted and there's no one to listen to your side of the story and I, 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 what you want to do is also come across with a history of being able to um, not, not having ranted at the brands that you're interested in working with. I know it worked for Trevor Noah when he did it with Chelsea, but it generally doesn't. So if, if you go and you spend a week harassing a brand that um, you would ideally... Uh, like to work with uh, when you pitch your idea to them one day it's not going to work because they'll, they'll they'll remember it they remember that you know they possibly lost customers because you were speaking in a certain way i mean there are ceos and so forth who will take the risk and say look we're going to use this guy who is known as a platform that speaks in a way that is disparaging about us to get them to turn get us to turn him around, start giving him, a, giving him a good service until audience sees that he's evolved into a satisfied customer. That's a risk that can work. And that You probably give that person a, um, a brand ambassadorship and then work with them into rehabilitating your, your, your image. But as I say, you want to keep your, your social media account looking appropriate, appropriate for the types of brands you want to target. 
if you're gonna talk if you're a person who wants to target the you know alcohol and so forth brands so you you get there certain jokes and so forth you can get away with but if you're want to target things for family there are things you can't say so the the age and the risk i'm not saying you shouldn't do it but you just be careful because um you remember that brands are led by people and if you want to bring your you're free to bring your religious beliefs or your non-belief in religious issues onto social media but that also has implications as the person's reading your social media platform if they happen to be a deeply religious person and you've offended their religion then that affects you you getting that that account and those are just some of the sacrifices you're gonna have to make and it's not so much like think think of it like like going to work when you go to work you dress in a certain way that you wouldn't dress when you go and hang out with your friends in the weekend so just think of it as going to work every time you go onto social media and just treat it as a professional space um except that you you're having fun and genuinely have fun in that and curate your content accordingly and at what point do I have to start thinking and acting like an influencer like at what point do I have to start worrying about what I'm posting what I'm saying what I'm doing online um, basically when do I become an influencer after I have a thousand followers after I say certain things um, because if I have a hundred followers and my timeline is clean I mean what stops me from applying to an alcohol brand look um, I think you should what do they say they say work dress for the job you want not the not the job you have so what you want to do is you want to already treat yourself as someone who already has the 10,000 followers you're targeting. So what you don't want is a situation where somebody goes back to tweets, tweet number three and says, ah, oh, hey, this person was like that. It doesn't happen. I mean, look, it happens. The but, internet doesn't forget. Yeah, but I, I, you know, people search that a lot less than you think. If... Uh, if if something happened in 2011 there's there's more for the people are very forgiving of that They're more forgiving of it than you would think uh, it's just high a lot of high profile cases uh, and also now, look unless it's something very egregious and they find a pattern of misogyny and all that other stuff then you know it's a red flag but if if you're like 19 and you tweeted something people People are like okay, look, what is his talent? You know, what what has he evolved into? Because it's not possible for someone to go to 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 have lived to the age of thirty without having said something silly, or even to the age of twenty, really. So, people are brand people are a lot more forgiving than you you you'd give them credit for. But if if they see a pattern, then they worry, and if they see that your engagement tends to be more divisive than it is uh, helpful, then there's a bit of a worry. And then they'll be like, mm, okay, we're not going to do that. So, but I wouldn't be too, too I, I would say like, if you decide that you want to be a, 
an influencer and the moment you get into your social media and so forth, start treating yourself as an influencer from day one and start uh, talking about the things that you want to be known for. Um, and then, because then also brands, if they see that, okay, this person heard that we have a campaign that's coming up that's got to do with with fireflies, you know, and suddenly they've gone onto the internet and started Googling 10 facts about fireflies and started posting them. We'll pick it up and we'll say, okay, this guy is not known for fireflies. So, you know, he's not going to be a benefit to their audience. Uh, so think of yourself as a TV channel from the day it starts. If you're a comedy channel or a sports channel, you're not going to say, look, while we th figure out how to do this comedy thing, let's 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 throw in some nature shows. Let's also just throw in some dark movies until we figure out about being a sports channel or a or a comedy channel. So just treat yourself as the product that you think you you want to be. All right, and so I've I've grown my following. Um, I've found my space in which I want to be an influencer in. What do I need to prepare myself to go pitch to a brand or when a brand actually approaches me so that I can be as easy as possible to work with and be able to set myself up for a repeat job? Well, the key thing to say that I mentioned earlier is you need to have a, well, I mean, uh, the things I mentioned should be in your media pack. So you should have a media pack. And one thing that we found difficult to find with a lot of people is, a first of all, a media pack. And second of all, a lot of people don't have updated media packs. So uh, there are some people who we try we wanted to do a campaign with. And you can see a media pack from a year and a half ago. And we go to their social media platform and they've gained, you know, 3,000 more followers. The engagement is different. The and also have the profile of the sort of person that you are targeting, and also that's a, a, a indication of the profile of the person that you are. And you know, I, 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 media pack uh, templates now exist on platforms like Canva, which are free. So you can just put your informa information there, media uh, to create a media pack, and then that way, you know, when you've done that, you you. It, you give the person an easier decision to make. Then, when you're p pitching, be specific about. The, sometimes you you can hear that they you might hear that there's, there's something specific that they want, but there's no issue with you coming up with an idea that you can pitch to a potential client. Of course, make sure that you understand things like trade secrets and all that other stuff, so that you know they don't steal your idea, or whatever the case may be. So. You should know how to present without giving away too much of, 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 of your idea. So you go in, um, you know, and make sure also that you, are, you have clarity about what you want to achieve with them, uh, not just, you know, it's an opportunity and so forth. And also speak to them from positions of them investing in the idea that you've come up with. And be clear about what you what you're gonna charge them, and where the cost is gonna to go to. Where this is, of course, a lot of the stuff will come up in the sec, in, in, in the upcoming in meetings that come after the specifics and the details. But you've got to be aware. You've got to treat it, treat the 
the the the pitch itself as a completely separate business proposal it's it which falls within your business think of it as a, as a strategic business unit of its own such such that when you talk to this person you take it talking to them as if they're investing in a company as opposed to saying they're just investing in a in a campaign that way you 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 you, you can also talk about where it starts the middle and where it ends it's a critical aspect in as far as pitching is concerned and what you want to do is also um which which many people don't have is you want to tell your story as clearly as possible most of the times you walk into these places and people don't know about you they don't know who you are so there's so many um uh places like linkedin we can search how do i introduce myself um the 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 best way to introduce yourself is using uh, uh past um what is it what is it what's the, what's the free <laughs> i'm trying to remember what they call it it's it's present past and then future or oh, present future past i can't remember one of those one of those sequences but what you want to do is to say that look this is what we're planning to do. this is what 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 i what i am this is this you know this and this is how far i've come uh, and this is where we're going. So it's present, past, uh, um, uh, and then future. So this is who I am. This is how I've come this far. And this is where we're going. Uh, and this is what I've got to offer you. Uh, sorry, I should have written that down somewhere. Um, I, I, so it's you've got to come across as someone who is providing a solution for a problem that either they knew they had or they they didn't know they had. They had. So that means also doing a lot of research on, on the company concern when you before you go. If you know, if you have an idea of the sort of person you're going to talk to, make sure you do a bit of research on that. There's some people you go to and you know that they're, they're very traditional, so that also has implications on how you dress. Uh, you also got to be, if it's a company that is a pretty formal, um, you might want to be formal or you might want to be semi-formal, depending... I mean, you might get away with it because you're you're creative and stuff like that. But there's some people who just, when you walk in and they don't like your shoes or they don't like your, your T-shirt, they're like, whatever this guy says, this, I'm not going to listen to. But, you know, so so you want to come across a, as professional because you are walking into a professional environment and you are offering a professional service. Uh, all the things that you hear about in an interview or so forth, you know how to 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 present yourself in an interview is uh is pretty much a lot of the things that you need to do and uh, finally be prepared to ask a lot of questions uh so it's not just a one way thing you should be able to say look uh i i need to under, i don't understand this about your company okay what are your processes like and what do you what are your timelines like so that you could might find out that after you pitch and you might they might not be the the right fit for you and but because you didn't ask questions when it comes to working you realize that no this is not the right fit brand for me or or the the work the 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 work ethic or the brand ethics of this company to not go with mine and whatever the case may be because I didn't ask those questions I'm now tied in this contract and um it's all a bit awkward and you must remember then also from your behavior uh these a lot of these marketing departments, especially through their associations, do talk to each other. So if you don't come across as as reliable, 
or whatever the case may be, may be with one, they will tell someone from another company that, look, I worked with this guy or this girl, and these are the problems we had with them. So keep those in mind. Or this person pitched, pitched to us, and they also became pitched to you. And sometimes you might find that you've pitched the same idea to two rival companies, and they might talk. So And, and maybe you didn't t- uh, tweak it uh, to deal with the specific circumstances, that they that this company did, needed to deal with in that particular period that they're in, as opposed to treating them like a unique brand. Mm-hmm. All right, that makes a lot of sense. Um, one of going back a little bit to like an earlier part of our conversation about the influencers who then get engaged by a lot of um, a lot of corporates, other than them just being popular what's one of the other causes that make us see the same influencers being used campaign after campaign like a lot of the times when campaigns roll around we see the same faces we see the same accounts being used why is that well i mean mean, the one i mentioned earlier it's a being easy to work with is is a huge one it's bigger than a lot of people think it is it's like, well, how you get you, you can stay in a job because you're just a team player. You work well with the team and you make yourself available for the creative process. You do things that they, when they're needed to. The other side is something that may be out of your hands. Um, sometimes brands work with a specific agency and the agency has got certain people signed up to it. And whenever they need to do some work, what they do is they, they just call the influencers that they know or that they have signed up and those are the influencers that work on those brands. Thirdly, there's also sometimes um, the brands or the marketing agency simply doesn't know anyone. Um, it could be like, I, I, I need somebody. This brand is on Mashingo. Hey, we just use someone in Harare because they don't know anyone from Mashingo. Or you try to find someone from Mashingo and they've got like three followers. And you're not in the network and you don't know how to find people that can be problematic um and and sometimes there's just bias somebody would be like you know look i just like to work with madam boss and nobody else because i just like madam boss that's it and there's nothing you can do about it um a preferable personal preference they like the performance they like the lady and and, and that's the case and these you could you could jump through hoops and offer them a better deal. They'll be like, nope, that's what I'm going to work with. Uh, but a big one is the brands themselves not having a full understanding and full access about um, a, a brand ambassador work against um, influencer work. And sometimes I've seen brands cheat uh, influencers like they were ambassadors. They're like, no, 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 you're not paying for that. So you can't have a situation where you have uh, you know, certain controls and mechanisms over them. But, yeah, I mean, uh, one of the things I, 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 I say also we we sometimes face problems with is people who don't read the terms and conditions of, you know, working. It's like how people don't read the terms and conditions of signing up for for for, for Facebook or something like that. But those are important and usually... What we do with ourselves, we just make them in like a really short and very easy English. Like, for example, the reason I've made sure to stay away from a lot of technical jargon in this 
um, in this particular episode, because I got used a lot of jargons, RIs, and all that other stuff, is because I want to speak to most most influencers are not marketing savvy in the traditional form of marketing. So when they come and speak to people who are in the marketing field, uh, or somebody gives them uh, advice from the marketing field, it flies over their heads because they don't know that terminology. And sometimes they don't realize that what they're doing already covers some of the type of terminology that is often used in, um, in, in, in marketing spaces. So that's why I've made it clear to, 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 um, to stay away from that. And I, and I would advise other agencies to simplify terms and conditions for, for service providers so that uh, they have a better understanding of the service that they're providing and, and, and things of that nature, especially given that um, uh, influencers usually are just one-man teams or one-woman teams. Um, you need to assist, assist them. Um, and I, I think I, we're constantly at, um, always looking for new influencers and um, yeah, it, we, we're always looking for people we can pitch to clients to see if uh, we can get them uh, out there. And um, fortunately, I mean, one, one, one region we've been getting some success in is, and we've gotten quite a few names in is Wulawayo. We've always been trying to do that. Um, but we're, we're open to people from any, you know, any town, city, uh, growth point even <laughs> in Zimbabwe. Um, come and say, look, this is what I do. And uh, we'll see if we can, if, if we can, you know, match them with a client or a potential client that we'll be pitching to and see what we can do. But I mean, the, it's the reasons behind where, where you can get certain people to work, as I say, it's just difficult to find people. And then also the criteria that I talked about is to giving difficult to find people who got the discipline to maintain their persona and not be tempted to say controversial things because that'll give them a huge jump in uh, you know reach engagement and so forth because I, I think when you're not getting paid for a bit and you've been doing it for a while the temptation to say how do I get noticed and then you do something controversial and then when we come in and we're looking at it like ah okay would have been nice to use but um yeah this kind of content that they have jumped onto that they've gotten famous for is is not the sort of thing that we might be able to pitch to a specific client. If the client is 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 more adult, maybe we can get away with some of these things. But there are certain things, like I say, that would be difficult to pitch and problematic to do. Right. And where can I possibly access resources that can help me be a better influencer online? Well, I mean, we've been thinking about it because the other day, um, I mean, this is the second recording we did try to record the other day. And we thought the, we, we're actually going to create masterclasses on that, small ones, um, in the form of podcasts and vodcasts. But, I mean, there are so many resources on the internet. The unfortunate thing at the moment is there's very, very little data that exists that's very specific to Zimbabwe. We have we're gonna use some of the data we've been able to accumulate from having worked with various um people to be able to 
you know, be able to say, okay, this is how you are you poke. This is this is the kind of uh, thing that you should do. ABC or, or all that sort of thing. But I mean, I get for for images, there's platforms like uh, for for editing graphics, there's places like Canva. Yeah, uh, for the information that you need on LinkedIn, there's so many uh, tutorials that are there. Um, if you want to get um, access to how to, uh, you know, use Google, for example, and and, and Google's got a very good, um, uh, what you call it, uh, course that is running. Uh, they can help you to understand how to to navigate the space of how the internet works and things of that nature. And you get a certificate for free at the end of it. Uh, there are places like EduX and Coursera. They're free online universities. Um, and those uh, courses, short courses, sometimes, uh, you know, just a couple of months long or a couple of weeks long that you can use, that you can that you can get access to that are credited to places like Harvard and Yale. They can give you the basics of how influencer work can can work, but I think uh, the basics for a lot of that are accessible there. And I think a lot of people would benefit from that um, just to understand the game from a very professional space. Because as I said, we're doing it, we're not really doing it in a professional space at the moment. There are people who are showing that they have a bit, uh, uh, you know, an increasing understanding of influencer work and how to do it and how to, how to get it done. And there are a lot more people than we had last year. A lot more people than we had the, the year before so there is progress and that's a good thing to see and there's also an understanding from the um private sector or from the you know not just the private sector government is also uh you can see that they're using influencers uh whether it's creating small little information and infomercial videos and things of that nature they are using influencers but it's also important to um make sure that um, both sides increase their understanding about how to treat each other because it's all very well that um, people, the, the influencer might be upgraded and they become good at being influencer but if the if the agencies and so forth and and the companies are still using old school techniques where sometimes they take an advert, for example, take an advert that they've put in the newspaper and then ask you to post that very same advert onto your onto your social media platform. Uh, there's a lack of understanding of how images and content works on social media, and you know things like moving more to the use of video, um, and you know take techniques about how to shoot the video and how to speak on camera, uh, what equipment you you should have. Um, even from the aspect of podcasting, how well, how you should do it, how and things of that nature. So, yeah, I I do think that there, there there are so many resources out there. We're not the first ones to do it, so we shouldn't have to treat ourselves as the first ones to do it. You should continually working with, uh, with you know with, with 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 the trends that are happening glo globally without missing out on what the trends are domestically because. You might come up with new ideas. Um, I know some people talk about the metaverse and all that other stuff. It's all very well to talk about that. But a lot of our guys do not even have the internet speeds to deal with things of that nature. So while keeping an eyeball on things of that nature and our influencers could end up working the metaverse, 
just remember where we are on the ground and how you can influence people, whether it's, like I said, on platforms that are public or on, or, or, on, on um, uh, you, you know, some people want influencer work to go on, on WhatsApp, which is all, although very difficult to track, but some people ask for that. Just to, just a, a one more thing. You can't be an influencer if you have a locked account. Um, because then it, it kind of uh, defeats the purpose of what the uh, the person wants to get done um, in, in as far as, uh, you know, influencer work. So even when you get onto, on, onto platforms like Webfluential, uh, a, a platform where is, um, you, you know, where, where they, can, they can link people who are influencers with brands that's one of the things they'll check first of all and say is your is your is your social media open if your social media is open that means when you post something they'll be able to say this was publicly broadcast and it wasn't just for this person and their friends all right larry you've pretty much answered most of the questions that i had um did i is <laughs> is there something that i should have asked you that i didn't no, I I think I, I think we'll pretty much covered all of it. I think there's, as I say, there's an opportunity for growth and there's opportunity for a lot of things to happen. But we're gonna have to up our game to to what the rest of the world is doing. Um, but we're not there, and the first thing to to accept is we're not there. Even as an agency, I think there's a lot of things that we'd like we continue upgrading ourselves to to make sure that we are giving a, a world-class service but it's all very well to say we'll provide a world-class service um when we know there are things that we'd like to improve on and so and also just be forgiving of of what a lot of people don't know yet i know it's easy to 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 trash uh people and say that uh, people in Zimbabwe are not ready or whatever. whatever. No, nobody was born ready. Uh, nobody was born knowing everything they know. I mean, it's the same reason why I think the, the concept of cancelling people is silly because if somebody doesn't know something, they don't know something. When, and in, in life, if you don't like what somebody says, you just walk away from them. So I I do believe it, it's it's important to continually engage with ideas and how we can improve on, on on how we provide services, how we can create better lives for people, and that includes through influencer marketing, brand ambassadorships, and how we can continually, um, you know, move towards uh, a better standard uh, of products. Because what we're going to do is, uh, when the Webby Awards come in a few years, and saying uh, African you know, best campaign. Zimbabwean brands should be there. Brand campaigns should be there. Um, we should be up there. But we uh, acknowledge by acknowledging first that we're not there yet will help us work towards it. And also, um, one of the things is, is I always say uh, when working with my team is I reward effort and not, and not uh, result. So everybody focuses on Saying there's no there's no reward unless somebody unless I get the product that I want. Sometimes it means we have there's some 
there's some influencers work with early days. They didn't quite get it, but now I'm pretty good at it because you could see the person was putting an effort and was willing to learn. And for people, brands uh, will pick that up. That look, the effort was there. Didn't quite get where we wanted to go, but let's 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 have a go again. And same thing that um you also want to do with brands that you're working with. Like you know what they do make an effort. But how do we how do we make the the, the 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 campaign better? And these sometimes a lot of the times a lot of these things happen in campaigns. So we could have the first weekend. This was the idea. Wrote it down. Thought this is where we're gonna go. It was gonna change the world. It was gonna be the greatest idea since Adam was a baby. Then a week to no wasn't a great idea. What do we do next? We don't cancel the campaign. What we do is we say, how do we make it better? And that's what we're gonna continually try to do with each other. How do we make it better? Yeah, that's awesome, Larry. Thank you so much. Um. Where can people get hold of you? And for influencers that would also like to be involved with you, how can they get in touch? Okay, so our on email, you can use... Maybe I should... Well, we usually get emails on info at 3-mob.com. Uh, but I think we just create one called influencer at 3-mob.com. But for now, just use info at 3-mob.com. That was going to be the easier one. And we have a WhatsApp number, which is 0719-903-327. That's a general WhatsApp number for inquiries, whether it's to do with artists, say, hey, I've got a new song, whatever the case may be. So before it gets too flooded, that's a WhatsApp number. So on Twitter, my, my Twitter handle at Quirirai, Um Yeah, you can just tag me on my Twitter. My DMs are open. Um, or you can just search for me on whatever social media. I don't know. Am I being famous when I say uh, Google me? <laughs> <laughs> You're acting but, famous. I mean, ah, well, I am a bit famous. <laughs> Take the credit. But, yes, you are. Take the credit. But, but I, I, look, we're always willing to have the conversation. Sometimes it might not end where we want to, but let's have a conversation. And that's yeah. the important thing. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Larry, thank you so much. I've taken up a lot of your time. Um, no problem. Oh, by the way, again, congratulations to the podcast. I know I said it a little bit earlier, mm-hmm. the more podcasts, and, I, and I'm loving your guys, also your big focus on developing Belai. I think I come from there. I sometimes forget it exists until I'm like, oh, by the way, I've got to go visit my mom's <laughs> grave. So, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I, the, the, I, congratulations. Uh, a new baby's out, and I'm hoping that it grows on and on and becomes whatever big idea you want it to be. Thank you so much. Much appreciated. Kelly's. This was Kura Kess, funded through the Scripts and Bars project by K Media Africa, supported by the British Council in partnership with the Swiss Agency for Development and Cooperation, SDC.